Talking Sourcing, a podcast from Intelligent Sourcing. This episode, in association with our sponsor, T-Tech, your chatbot will talk to you now. Hello, this is Guy Clapperton, Editor-in-Chief of Intelligent Sourcing, welcoming you to our new podcast, Talking Sourcing. In the coming months, we'll be looking at issues in the outsourcing, contact center, robotic process automation, and a lot of related markets and industries. This time, we're considering chatbots in the contact center market, and we're pleased to present this with our sponsors for the episode, T-Tech. And with me are two guests. The first is an old friend of Intelligent Sourcing Magazine and the outsourcing industry in general. He came to a lot of prominence as a senior analyst with Ovum, and for a number of years, he's been an independent consultant and advisor. And as editor of Intelligent Sourcing, I generally found that if I wanted to know anything about locations and features of specific territories, he'd be able to help and advise me off the top of his head. Here's, of course, Peter Ryan. Peter, welcome. Thanks very much, Guy. Great to be here. My second guest is Group Vice President for Europe, Middle East and Africa at our sponsor, T-Tech. He is an inspirational professional with an exceptional people management and motivational skill set with over 20 years people management, leadership and operational management experience. He has a proven track record in delivering results across CRM, outsourced contact centre services, multidisciplined with key experience and successful track record in his new business sales, business development, organic account growth, operational management and strategic account directorship. That's what it says on his LinkedIn profile, so it must be what he wants you to hear. Ian Banks, welcome. Thanks, Guy. Great to be here. Great stuff. Ian, perhaps we could start with you. A lot of people use the term chatbot to mean different things. I've seen text-based communications called chat and also voice control and voice response, IVR type thing. What exactly does T-Tech mean as vendor of these services? Yeah, really good question, Guy. I think it's important when we talk about chatbots that we define really what that means because how you use chatbots as part of your sort of seamless customer journey is important. Some people refer to bots as dumb bots now because of the way that they've been implemented and others can use this as a really successful mechanism to provide a, a great customer experience. From a, a chat perspective, there's is a, a term of communication that we see a lot of organizations embracing, which is it really offers a real-time transmission of text messages from one sender to a receiver. Now, this is where we are starting to see some significant growth on the, the chat front using chatbots so that customers can be able to respond quickly. We see it across a number of other functions and text-based online communication forms such as the internet forums and email where organizations are embracing chatbots specifically on online chat is that it addresses a point-to-point communication as well as providing a more efficient method for the contact center advisor to respond to where in in a voice system it's one-to-one but in a a bot system you have an opportunity to answer one to multiple customers Okay, that's great. It uh, sounds very much as if that's what happens in principle. In practice, what sort of clients use and benefit from it? I think if you were to ask that question in January of this year, my answer would be different to what I'm about to say now as a result of COVID, where organisations across multiple verticals have become braver in their decision-making process. Uh, A lot of the bureaucracy where the term of digital transformation and chatbots was seen 
with a stigma attached to it, organisations now need to move to digital channels and as such are embracing chatbot technology. And it's across a number of verticals that we're seeing it, but predominantly when you start to see the retail function shifting from what you would see as the high street store now to digital channels and the hyper growth organisation seeing it, but we're also starting to see it being embraced by banking, financial services, insurance, and the utility sector as well, where they've got this significant level of transactional volume and interactions with the customer. And because of the demand that they're seeing, they are needing to provide a more efficient method of communication. So we're starting to see, I wouldn't even use the term post-COVID because we're in the second lockdown, but as a result of COVID, a number of verticals are embracing this, this technology. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that uh, the the whole COVID thing has accelerated the adoption of technology, which might have happened over a period of years and in fact had to happen over a period of weeks, if not days. Uh, Peter, have you seen any particular territories that uh, are picking up chatbots or uh, indeed different vertical markets? I know uh, Ian's mentioned a few. Yeah, honestly, Guy, I think that Ian made some really good points there just in regards to the agnostic nature that chatbots have taken on over the course of the past seven or eight months. There's no question about that chatbots, I think, were probably quite specialized up until the pandemic took hold. But the pressures that customer experience operations have been facing over the course of the past three or four quarters has been pronounced. It's not like anything I think any of us have ever seen. And, you know, let's be perfectly frank, we've all been around the industry for a while. I stopped sure of saying we're long in the tooth, but at the same time, we have been involved in CX long enough to see what's worked, what hasn't worked, and we're in very unprecedented times, which is why I think that the the whole elements around chatbots and the innovations that solutions providers have been bringing to the market have been very encouraging. Now, I would say that from the perspective of where we've been seeing these deployed, as I've mentioned, industry-wise, there's probably not a sector where chatbots haven't seen some type of growth over the course of the past little while. From the perspective of different parts of the world, I would say it's the same type of thing. The, the reality is individuals need to be serviced. They are looking for more opportunities to be serviced from a digital nature. And it just makes sense that deploying some type of a chatbot element in order to perhaps filter the direction uh, an interaction is going to go to the right agent, or perhaps even to see if an issue can be resolved using technology before it gets to the human level. Uh, these are both elements that I, I think are very much on the minds of CX providers, whether it's an outsourcer or perhaps even a captive operation too. And I just see the technology moving forward. It's going to get better the more competitors that are in the place providing these types of platforms. And the reality is that it's very much part of our lives as we become more digitized ourselves. And as we've been looking to try and interact more using text-based interactions, chatbots definitely have a place and and I think are going to have a bigger place moving forward. Okay, I'm going to play his devil's advocate a little bit here. We've got a distributed workforce because we're all working from home at the moment. And I suspect even after lockdown, wherever people are listening from, there's various levels of lockdown across the world. But when even when that's lifted, people will still want to work from home or be asked to work from home for economic reasons or for managerial reasons. What are the business drivers behind using a chatbot rather than a home worker? 
I think there's a few different business drivers that play into it, whether an agent's based in their residence or if they're in a contact center. One of the most important things around chatbots, I think, is the ability for a chatbot, as I mentioned before, to really get to the crux about what an interaction's about. If you're perhaps doing a web chat and the consumer is interacting with a robot and they're talking about the fact they haven't had a delivery that they were anticipating, or perhaps they had a question about a particular product or service that they're looking at at taking on. The chatbot is going to be very effective if it's powered properly with the right uh, artificial intelligence solutions to be able to figure out pretty quickly exactly what the consumer needs, uh, perhaps answer questions, or perhaps send the uh, consumer to an agent, whether that agent happens to be in the contact center or they happen to be at home, regardless of the case. I think that the business drivers have always been there. I think that the logic around the chatbots has always been there, but we're definitely seeing now with, with more uncertainty in the economy and more desire on the part of enterprises to be able to serve the consumer optimally and be as efficient and as responsive as they possibly can. Being able to use a chatbot uh, in parallel with strong, motivated agents who are working out of their homes or in the contact center certainly has a place. And it's a place that I think is going to find more prominence as we move forward. Ian, uh, we've heard the independent view there. When people come to you, they're obviously the client company. What's in it for them? And also, what are they looking to get uh, as benefits for their end users? Yeah, and I think Peter actually described it perfectly. And when when we are having conversations really from a, being seen as a practitioner, we try and demystify the process. Because again, when organizations talk about technology and how you can implement that to really provide a seamless orchestrated journey for the customer, a number of organizations make it more complex than it needs to do. So what we try and do is we demystify it. We keep it as simple as, as possible. And from a client perspective, what that bot and that technological infrastructure bring is an efficiency gain. There is no getting away from that. It does, it enables your frontline ambassadors, frontline ambassadors to be far more efficient and in terms of how they deal with certain transactions. But from an end user perspective, what organizations are looking for, and I keep, I use this phrase about seamless integrated customer journey. It's really important that the programming of that technology does provide that seamless integrated journey because this is where the terminology dumbbox is coming about where customers throw technology at a wall and expect some of it to stick and it becomes clunky and it actually provides a negative experience for the customer. What, when we're discussing these types of implementations and transformational journeys, it's to drive customer satisfaction and user satisfaction up and also removing the, call, let's call it the lower value transactions from the frontline ambassadors. So they are left with the more complex inquiries to deal with. So it's providing a, a better customer journey a more efficient journey, but also providing a, ble- a better employee experience because I do believe that's also critically important in this process that if you have a, a generally happy and satisfied employee, they in turn will be able to provide a, a fantastic service to customers. I think that makes sense. You've also described perfectly something that uh, in my 30 years of journalism, I've been coming across constantly when I'm commenting on uh, technology and implementations, that it is such a mistake to confuse technology uh, with a strategy. You know, the technology itself cannot be the strategy. 
Yeah, I, the phrase I like to use, Guy, is technology is not the silver bullet. It's a combination and it's harnessing the power of technology with the people part to, to really provide a superior level of customer experience. And again, the key is in demystifying it. Be, we like to be seen as the practitioners so that show how we can develop that end-to-end service pro- proposition. But technology is there to enable employees. It's there to enable a greater customer experience, but it is part of an overall sequence. It's not the silver bullet. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, However, it does assume that there's a basic underlying infrastructure that's going to make this stuff happen. Now, Peter, there are territories like South Africa whose internet service is notoriously not all that great. Uh, I was presenting at uh, a South African event uh, last week and I presented a video and several South Africans said I was lucky I got it to play over that single pipe going into the country. I'm just wondering how much you need to take your infrastructure into account and whether chatbots can therefore be used by everybody universally like this. Well, I've not heard any any disruptive stories about chatbots not being deployed uh, in, in different countries due to the, the network connectivity, although I would certainly say that if connectivity issues are going to be problematic, local consumers certainly might find themselves on the uh, wrong end of frustration. We've all been there when internet drops. It, it can it can happen uh, anywhere, anytime. Yes, some countries are probably not as well equipped as others. But the reality is, I think that these will be points that are being taken into consideration by the enterprise captive centers or by the outsourcers themselves as they look to try and deploy these different solutions. I I would also say, Guy, something that I I have been encouraged at is when we were allowed to travel and I was able to get to a a lot of these uh, countries that that were in the midst of some pretty significant economic development like South Africa, I've been really encouraged by the extent to which many, many of these localities are investing in the network connectivity, understanding that the future of their economies and quite frankly, the future of their societies are going to be based around the ability for people to communicate seamlessly using digital means, to learn seamlessly using digital means, to do business with these elements. And from my perspective, this is probably going to mean a much more seamless experience for consumers, whether the bot is based onshore, offshore, or if it's a if it's an offshore consumer interacting to try and get a problem solved. So certainly, while I think connectivity is a, is a consideration, we have to be encouraged that the right moves are being made for the most part in different points around the world, whether it's developed countries or countries that are on their path to development. Ian, like any business, this idea uh, of chatbots deployment is something that's going to work as long as someone does it well. And that's a bit of a truism I appreciate. Uh, but if you're going to be starting from scratch, if you had a client uh, coming to you saying that we're late to the party, we've got to do something about this. What sort of steps, whether it's planning, whether it's underlying technology, what sort of steps does someone need to take? The first part, Guy, is it's understanding the voice of the customer. And again, I I take it right back to basics here. It is understanding what your customers are seeing. Why are they contacting you? Why, whether it's through voice or through other channels, really having a true understanding of contact reasons. And from that perspective, it's starting to then look at, okay, now that we have the reason, let's start to bucket this into a, a basket of services. And and try to be the orchestrator in this journey. And in, in our experience in T-Tech, organizations tend to talk about five things. It's revenue, cost, compliance, churn, and customer satisfaction. And when you start to look at your digital transformation and your 
ability to integrate technology into your journey, your customer journey, those five things are really prominent in terms of where and when and why you deploy a form of technology. But it all starts with the voice of the customer. That is king. And once you've been able to determine the reasons why they're calling, you can then start to understand, okay, which are the high volume, low value transactional interactions that potentially some form of technology, whether it's through omni-channel orchestration, whether it's through um, analytics, whether it's through contact center software or, or customer experience strategy and digital transformation, you then have to map out the implications that that transformational solution will have on the customer experience. And it's not for every customer and it's not for every brand. So there'll be specific contact types where you can deploy it, where you have high volume, low value that does provide a degree of self-service, but there are the more complex technical inquiries where using technology will take you to a certain point, but then from a customer interaction, customer journey perspective, that will need to be concluded with a human or a voice interaction. Okay, what support should clients expect from companies such as yourself? And also, second part of that question, really, what sort of impact is there going to be on the existing CX staff? Well, if I if I put my T-Tech hat on on this one, from, from our perspective, we work very closely with taking customers from point A to point B. We T-Tech see ourselves, I talk about journey orchestration, T-Tech absolutely see ourselves as the, the practitioner's the in the individual organization that can help customers through that journey orchestration. So we would provide the consultative support, the business consultation support at the very beginning to map out the customer journeys. We then have, because of the breadth of technological and transformative solutions that we have within our toolkit, we can provide and integrate, develop and manage that technological solution. And we harness that with the power of our greatest asset actually in everything, which is our people. So where we provide, we provide end-to-end service proposition support. But when you start to do that, the second point to your question, Guy, is so important. As the technology and the transformation works, and it's a, it's a continual process of learning and evolution, because, again, it's not just a case of throwing it at the wall and hoping something sticks. This is an evolving solution through a digital worker factory type um, proposition. What it then does, though, is the interactions that frontline ambassadors will have is the type of profile that we need to recruit to or upskill to is going to enhance. The onboarding and learning and development is going to enhance and we will have to equip our our frontline ambassadors with greater knowledge to be able to manage and deal with the more complex inquiries that comes into a contact center environment, whether it's brick and mortar or work at home. Okay, I'm thinking about uh, the actual practice of it. Peter, I wonder if you can give us some insights on how important brand consistency is when you're supporting people through various different media, not just chatbots, but it's got to be part of an existing mix. 
Well, look, I mean, consistency across channels is essential. And as far as I'm concerned, one of the biggest fall downs we've seen a lot of organizations make is when perhaps they've got a fantastic team of people who are servicing consumers on the telephone, but they're lacking when it comes to how well they're handling email or they're handling web chat or social media. The, the reality is that the consumer today is agnostic on the channels that they use. I might pick up the phone to handle one aspect of a consumer or a complaint that I've got, but then I might go and follow up on email or using web chat. As long as I've got that reference uh, number, really nothing matters. And where I see organizations, uh, regardless of sector, finding themselves in, in a very tough competitive position is when they're not able to guarantee that level of consistency across the channel. Now, now this takes into an interesting point when we're talking about the chat bots, because I know that there's a lot of enterprises that have resisted them in the past because they're worried is my end user going to get that same level of consistent quality interaction that they would get with a bot as opposed to a human now this is something that i do think is changing very rapidly and that goes to what we were talking a little bit about earlier with the significant amount of investment and development that so many different organizations have been making when it comes to providing chatbots of, of a very very high quality nature on the market and I think slowly but surely, and quite frankly, the last few months it's been accelerated, the extent to which companies will be willing to take on chatbots, even either within their own captive organizations or working with a BPO, as long as they know that the quality is there. That's what's going to be key in this whole th question when we're talking about cross-channel interactions or interactions that are being run either by a human or by a robot. Ian, do you have any instances specifically of companies who've uh, really done chatbots well and to whom uh, they've made a difference? Yeah, I think there's more and more major companies continue to announce their support for chatbots within their own business. I mean, if you look at it from B2B market, I think LinkedIn do a really good job in terms of that chatbot technology, as do eBay. And again, because of this acceleration of digital transformation that's really key but I, I think when you look at the key players within that the chatbot industry you've got the likes of Facebook, Google and Microsoft that are really driving the industry forward with the implementation of that type of technology and organizations following it because this this chatbot ecosystem is quickly expanding. I mean, let's be clear, it's despite the relatively robust ecosystem that it currently exists, it is still expanding. And the ecosystem of this underlying technology and platforms for chatbots include the deployment of chatbot, uh, deployment channels for third-party chatbots. And I think that's where we're also going to start to see the evolutions that companies that provide that technology for building chatbots and native bots and you're going to start to see this evolution. I was actually reading an article. I mean, being able to order, for example, an Uber through Facebook Messenger, um, where that type of th third-party chatbot working with a major brand like Facebook is, is going to become more and more prominent. So I think those are the leading brands. What's also really important as well, um, that we're starting to see the rise of the chatbot usage has launched in an abundant amount of startup technology, uh, tech following in their footsteps in a variety of industries. So some of those chatbot startups such as Kazisto, for example, I think are really leading the way in how they're using that type of technology. 
Okay, now there's always some debate over whether a decade starts in the year ending zero or the year ending one, but I think we can universally say that by January we will be in the 2020s. So I wonder if you both give me an idea of what we can expect to see in terms of contact centre technology as we move through the next 10 years, really. Um, Peter, any thoughts? Well, the technology question is always an interesting one. And one of the elements I've picked up over the course of my nearly 20 years, and I, I shudder when I say that, but nearly 20 years in the contact center space has been the fact that there are flavors of the month when it comes to technology and there are structural technological developments that really make a difference. I think that we're going to see a lot more focus in the coming years, uh, you know, whether we're talking the next two, three years, or even the next decade, I think we're going to see a lot more focus on the implementation of artificial intelligence into all aspects of how contact center work is done. The, the technology is moving at a very, very rapid pace, and there's some fantastic achievements that we've seen so far. As long as the AI is deployed correctly with the right assumptions and logic, it can do a tremendous amount of good in terms of knowing the customer, improving operations, and, and frankly, making the whole CX experience better for the consumer and for the agent, which I think Ian mentioned, which is very, very important. The, the consideration of the agent in this debate is probably something that a lot of us uh, don't, don't focus on enough, but the, this type of technology can, can make their job so much better. I also think, Guy, that there's going to be a bigger focus on knowledge management. I've come to this technology in the last 12, 18 months, and I've really been impressed with what it can do in regards to helping agents or perhaps even chatbots position the right services, the right solutions, the right products for consumers. And we're seeing a lot more a lot more development of knowledge management solutions for the, the customer experience space. So there's another one that I think we're probably going to need to focus a lot on moving into 2021 and beyond. Okay, and Ian, perhaps if you could give us uh, your thoughts, but without mentioning how upset you are to have been doing something for 20 years when I've actually been a journalist for 30. I mean, just, you know, avoid that if you would. But what do you think is coming over the next 10 years? Yeah, thanks, Guy. And Peter's actually touched on one of the points I was going to talk on. Knowledge management is key because actually, when you think about technology, it is solely relying on the ability to interact with a knowledge infrastructure. So I agree with Peter's comment there on knowledge management. I think translation services, machine learning translation services is going to become very prominent where language is the differentiator. As we now operate in this um, distributed workforce environment, the ability to hire the right type of talent is going to become, I would say, challenging. And organizations will look at how can you service that those types of languages. So I think machine learning translation is going to become prominent, similar automation and artificial intelligence. But for me, the way I would bucket this is actually omnichannel orchestration is going to be the prominent factor going forward. And again, I, I will repeat from a TTIP perspective that technology isn't the silver bullet. It's the enabler to provide a better employee experience and a greater customer experience. And not every technology is going to work for every customer or company. And it is so critical that when you look to organizations to help you through that, you're looking for organizations that are seen as the practitioners through that process and can lead you and guide you through it. So I think you're going to see some of those technologies come forward. I think you're going to see contact center software technologies becoming more and more prominent as well as we are in a distributed workforce. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, it depends what happens with COVID. I think that will ultimately be a big driver in how technologies use and implement 
those types of infrastructures going forward. Well, let's hope that that comment makes this uh, podcast very dated very quickly because I can't wait to see the back of COVID and I'm sure everyone else feels the same. But to round off, um, perhaps you could give us uh, both give us an idea of uh, how listeners can get in touch with you um, if they want to hear more. Uh, Peter? Sure. Thanks, Guy. Uh, if anybody wants to connect with me, I am very active on LinkedIn. So you can look up Peter Ryan. You will find me relatively quickly. My photo, if there are a few Peter Ryans, uh, but you'll notice I'm standing in front of the Berlin Wall on mine. And uh, they can also check out my website, www.ryanadvisory.com. And uh, how, about, uh, how about Ian and, of course, our sponsor, TTAC? Yeah, thanks, Guy. And Peter, you keep, you're keep you stealing my thunder every time. But yeah, it's very active on LinkedIn as well. But also people can get in touch uh, directly through our website, which is www.ttech.com and backslash EMEA. And uh, obviously through our, our partners as well, uh, where we they have all our contact details to send on. Thank you very much. And that's it from us. Many thanks indeed to our sponsor, T-Tech, and to Ian Banks for speaking on their behalf. And of course, to Peter Ryan, location expert and consultant extraordinaire. My name's Guy Clappert, and I'm active on LinkedIn too, if anybody's interested. And this has been the Talking Sourcing podcast from Intelligent Sourcing. Thank you very much for listening. Listening.